Welcome back, my friends. Do you ever feel more than tired, like fatigued? Yep, stress and overwhelm and tiredness are all contributing factors to you feeling fatigued. And we can't talk about true lasting health and wellness unless we address all those drains on our energy and our happiness. In this episode, I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend and fellow coach, Jennifer Farley of the Mind Body Circle. Together, we're going to walk through what's really behind your fatigue it's more than you think it is, and what you can start doing about it. Jennifer is a certified coach, and she helps her clients improve both their lifestyle and their thought habits because, like me, she believes that you have to address the mind and body together. Before she was a coach, she worked over a decade as a recipe developer, a food photographer, and a cookbook author, and she also did freelancing for things like the Washington Post and Better Homes and Gardens. After many years of working with her own life and wellness coaches on her own chronic health struggles, she decided it was time that she pivoted to help women the way that she had been helped. I'm excited for you guys to meet her today and hear what she has to say about fixing your fatigue. Let's go. Welcome back to the No Nonsense Wellness Podcast, the place for women who are trying to do all the things and stay healthy, sane, and actually enjoy life in the process. Hey, I'm Tara, a trained therapist, a life coach, a nutrition coach, and a fitness instructor. And I'm on a mission to help you take back control of your mind, health, and life. Each week, I'll be cutting through the nonsense and getting real with you. I'll bring you the insight and information you need to take control of your weight and health, find food freedom, and finally break free from the thoughts that are sabotaging you and holding you back. You, my friend, are powerful, and the world needs you to start showing up in a bigger way. It's time to get unstuck and start moving forward. So let's pop in those earbuds, tie up those shoes, let's walk and talk. Welcome back, my friends. I have Jennifer Farley here of Jennifer Farley Coaching and the Mind Body Circle. I'm so excited to have you here, Jennifer. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I just love, we've had a few conversations and one of the things that you'll find out really quickly about Jennifer is that she's also a health and wellness coach. And I feel like we share a brain on a lot of things. We have a lot of the same ideas and a lot of the same perspectives, which I think is really fun. So I think this is going to be a really fun episode for us to record right now. So Jennifer, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now, what your coaching looks like and how you got here. I focus on helping women feel more vibrant. I started, you know, I was going through this and then I was talking to a lot of friends and just acquaintances who were going through feeling kind of gray in their life. I think the Mm -hmm. pandemic really exacerbated this, just not feeling, not feeling good, not feeling... Mm -hmm happy, not feeling physically well, feeling tired, feeling achy. And uh, I trained at IPEC and got certified as a coach during the pandemic. I was so I became so passionate about coaching that I decided to do a career shift. And this just sort of became the um, direction that things naturally went into. It felt very organic. And Um, So I I help women focus on their mind, body, health, understanding how 
the mind and the body uh, work together to sort of mm-hmm. create these cycles that get us trapped mm-hmm. in that feeling well and, and to help women feel better. Now you, before you were coaching though, you were, you were a chef. Yes. You went to culinary school. I was, I, I graduated from culinary school in 2010 and I worked in restaurants for a while kind of always knew I didn't want to do that. I just knew I wanted to work in the food industry mm-hmm. and I pivoted to, I start, you know, it's funny as I started the food blog while I was at school, cause I just wanted to talk about food and that was before <laughs> food blogging became a thing. And uh-huh. I was still sort of trying to figure out my place in the industry when suddenly food blogging exploded. And I was like, I can make money at this. <laughs> Who knew, so, right? I, <laughs> so I started food blogging and then I started doing freelance writing for food publications, food photography. I wrote a cookbook in 2016 with Simon & Schuster called The Gourmet Kitchen. It was a wild ride. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. To me, it seems like a natural progression to move from food to health and then health to health coaching. Um, But what, what did that look like for you? How did that happen? It was, it's really interesting how it happened because it happened because of sugar. I mean, it happened because of other things too. But when I was at culinary school, uh, we would have to cook a three course French meal every single day. So we had dessert for lunch every single day. I was never a sweets person. By the end of school, I loved sugar. And then I put myself into a career where I was baking cupcakes and cakes and Uh. homemade ice cream and doing all this stuff. And um, it really did start impacting my health tremendously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were there were other reasons um, that I ended up switching away from it. But that was that was I, I grew, t- I still love baking, but I really wanted to be more in the healthy cooking sphere. Yeah. And that is not the brand that I had developed for myself. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that needed a major rebrand. <laughs> I like how you boil it down to one thing, sugar. I had to change. <laughs> yeah, sugar yeah. is, um, it's it's quite a drug. It's sneaky. It's real sneaky. Because mm-hmm. it's one of those things that you feel like it's fine. I'm fine. But if you really step back and get perspective, you might see maybe you're not as fine as we thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really impacts, you know, it, it impacts the same dopamine parts mm-hmm. of your brain that cocaine do. So on on one level, it's just kind of not good for your natural rhythms. And then it's just, it's not good for your gut. It's not good for, right. um, you know, glucose spikes are yeah. associated with all these different health issues now. Yep. So it's terrible it's for inflammation, which mm-hmm. is like at the root of everything that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Sugar is a tough one. And sugar, I, like you said, it is a drug, like chemically it acts like a drug, which makes it really hard to quit. And then you've got all these foods that are engineered to be highly addictive because of the sugars and the fats and the chemicals they use. It's just like, they're getting you from all angles, but mm-hmm. knowledge is power, right? That's why we're here. Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually one of my favorite topics too. I can go on and on on that. It's just, it's so food is fascinating to me. That's one thing that really is, uh, stayed with me through both careers. I just, mm-hmm. I love it. I, I, I'm trying to redefine it for myself. Cause I also really don't like putting foods into the good and the bad category. Yes. Yeah. You know, I try to think of like more nutritious, less, less yeah. nutritious. Um, but it just, it's interesting. It's really interesting and fun to dig into that stuff. 
Yeah. Well, and it's never ending and it's always changing because there's so much bad food advice out there. And there's so many, I swear in the same day, I saw vegetables are good and you'll live longer and vegetables are terrible and they will kill you. Like, what are we supposed to do with this? Uh, I could go on. I have so many opinions. Uh (laughs) Well, my biggest opinion about that is that anybody who tells you that there's one way to do something Mm -hmm. should be ignored. I agree. That's a good way to boil it down. That boils it down because at the end of the day, my body works differently than your body. And what Mm -hmm. makes me feel good might make you feel horrible and vice versa. So Mm -hmm. vegetables make someone feel horrible. And even on different days or different times in your own life, your body is going to work differently with different foods. Right. I know someone who um, has transformed her life with the carnivore diet. She, She had all these health issues and they all went away. I am so happy for her. Mm -hmm. I could never do that. And I feel horrible when I have a lot of meat and not a lot of Mm -hmm. vegetables. So I sort of feel like that about everything. It's it really, it's about listening to your body. Yep. And you have to, learning how to listen to your body is a process to learn. Well, we did have a topic for today and the topic (laughs) is fatigue, but I think sugar plays into the topic of fatigue hugely. Um, so what do we, let's, let's go there then. Let's talk about that part. Should we start with sugar and fatigue? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so food and fatigue. Let's go there. One of the, there's so many different directions to go in that, but the first one that pops into my mind is, um, it, it gives you a rush and then a crash, Yeah, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. from a, from a glucose perspective, from spiking mm-hmm. your, your insulin and then coming down, there's this really fascinating Instagram I follow uh, called Glucose Goddess. And she mm-hmm. does all of these tests where she shows how um, how bodies react to, well, mm-hmm. she tests on her own body, but she t- shows like how her body reacts if she does sugar versus um, bread versus sugar before bread, like not just sugar, but it's, it's really interesting to see. Mm-hmm. So that, that causes fatigue. Um, the other part of that is that, um, was listening to this doctor speak recently about brain health. And he was talking Mm -hmm. about the happy hormones like dopamine and serotonin. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that our society right now between the refined foods that we eat and social media he basically said he had a, he had a much more eloquent way of saying it that we're getting kind of bombarded with like a river, a waterfall of dopamine all the time when we uh-huh. should be having tiny little drips of it. Uh huh. Yep. And then the lack of it is very telling. Like it's it's when you have so much of it, and then it's then you just like, well, I'm going to quit this. I'm going to quit this food, or I'm going to quit this sugar. And then the lack of that is feels more. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I mean, and that is kind of the fatigue. Yeah. You know, there's there's different kinds of fatigues, but one of them is just feeling that slump and wanting to feel good and knowing that sugar gives you that little burst of mm-hmm. that, you know, that going for a jog might, but it's, it's yeah. so easy. You just the put them in so your mouth. Easy and it's so available. Right. That's what we talk about sleep a lot here and sleep when it's just the same thing when you're tired, right? Why is it that you crave the quick carbohydrates and the sugar? It's 
because of that. It's because of that blood sugar spike. It's because it temporarily gives you some brain relief. It gives you some physical relief. Problem is it doesn't last and it's more detrimental than helpful in the long run. So what else should we know about fatigue? What you talk about different types of fatigue. And I love this because it's very comprehensive way to look at it. Yeah, well, we use fatigue uh, as a word that is actually can be divided into a lot of different things. I mean, we all think of it, I think, in terms of physical exhaustion. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't sleep well, so we're fatigued. We're getting over an illness. Um, with some people, it might mean it might come from too much physical activity. So there's mm-hmm. physical fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also mental fatigue which is, you know, we're really fresh in the morning after we've rested and we slowly have to make all these decisions through the day and our brain Mm -hmm. gets more and more tired. And that's why by the end of the day, we can't think. And by 3 p.m. we want coffee. So that's kind of uh mental fatigue. And then uh, social fatigue is, you know, that's when you think of introverts and extroverts, you know, if I'm, I'm tend to lean more introverted. So if I go to a party or I go to a networking conference over the weekend, I am so fatigued afterwards. Uh I just want to sleep. Whereas some people have gotten completely energized from it. And then the the last one is uh, emotional fatigue or compassion fatigue. That is one that I really relate to as well. Um, I'm a very Mm -hmm. empathetic person Mm -hmm. and I get very sucked into other people's problems, especially Mm -hmm. when they're people that I care about deeply. And that, and that can often cause us to suppress our emotions. Yeah. And that leads to, that leads to fatigue where a lot of times, sometimes we just throw up our hands and we we don't know what to do. We feel like we're not helping enough and we just feel exhausted. Mm -hmm. I think that's one I think that's one of the biggest traps that women get caught in that they don't realize they've gotten caught in where Mm -hmm. they're experiencing fatigue, but they don't have the words or the experience to say that it is emotional fatigue, but it is. I don't, I think so many women don't realize that I bet there's women listening right now, whoever you are, I hope you hear this. It's emotional fatigue you are feeling right now. That is what this is. So let's start there because I think of all of them, that's the one people are probably the least aware of, but it being experiencing the most. Mm-hmm. How do we, what does that feel like? What does that look like? How does that happen? It, it I think it, it's going to manifest a little bit differently depending on the situation. Um, you know, for me, I, I can really feel people's energy when mm. they're angry or upset I always kind of Mm -hmm. shrink down and I feel like I can't think clearly and so that's that's a big way that it it shows up for me Mm -hmm. and you know one of the things that I've done to to try to offset a little bit for that that I think a lot of us are not we're not raised as women to do is put up boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, um, there's this line that I love, which is uh, don't set yourself on fire to keep someone else warm. Mm-hmm. And we're the nurturers. That's our, that's kind mm-hmm. of what we're, we're the moms, we're the caretakers. And so, you know, we tend to think of it as our, as our job to, to take care of people and we're people too. And we also need to take care of ourselves. Yeah. Yep. I think too, I was just thinking as you were saying that 
some women sort of shut down in emotional fatigue and need to just draw back. But some women, me being one of those, um, I show emotional fatigue through anger. I get angry or frustrated or like I will snap at someone or usually my children or I just get real short. And that that's usually my sign that you've had enough, Tara. You need to just you need to take care of yourself for a second here. Um, so there's different ways I think that it can show up. So if you are there, mom, if you're find yourself snapping or <laughs> lashing out a little bit and you're like, dang it, why did I do that? It's probably emotional fatigue and you need a little bit of self-care. Absolutely. I think part of the reason that we tend not to do that is because we feel like we're being selfish if we don't give everything that we can to help um you know, our children, our loved ones, our friends in the moment. But one of the things that can be helpful to remember when that's going on is that if we let ourselves get overwhelmed and fatigued, we we don't show up as the best version of ourselves at Mm -hmm. that moment when they need us. Mm -hmm. So by setting those boundaries with our time and our emotion, we are, we do better in the time that we do spend with them and that we do help them. Totally agree. When you talk about self-care, what are the things that you talk about? I talk, I think of self-care differently in some ways than a lot of people. Now, I, I love a massage. I love, who (laughs) doesn't? I would definitely take that if I can get it. Yeah. I love tea. I love the bath. I love all that stuff that's sort of traditionally considered self-care, but I also think of self-care as tough love sometimes. Mm, okay, interesting. He, well, and, and in this way, I don't mean in a be mean to myself kind of way. I mean, in a not having the sugar kind of way. Uh, not feeding into things that you think are going to make it worse or that you know will make it worse. Right. Not feeding into things that drain my energy, but, but prioritizing things that generate energy. Mm -hmm. You know, I know if I eat the vegetables, I'm going to feel better than if I have Mm -hmm. the burger. And sometimes in that moment you want the burger and you know what? I have the burger plenty Mm -hmm. of times. I don't want to say like, you know, I just eat vegetables and lean meats and, (laughs) you know, but sometimes self-care is sort of taking care of, for me, it's taking care of future gen, you know, yeah. it's what, what, yes. what, what's going to nurture my body and my brain. Yeah. Such a good point. Self-care really is all of those little choices that you're making all the time. Mm-hmm. It really is. You're right. And I was just, while you were talking about the burger, I was thinking, you know, the, the food connection, again, your ability to manage your own emotions does have to do with the food that you're feeding your body. They are connected. Your gut is connected to your brain. Those two things work together. So yes, self-care is eating the better food for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. Thank you for that. (laughs) That's so great. Yeah. A lot of times for me, it's exercise too. Cause if I, you know, especially if I fall out of the habit even when I'm in the habit, one of the things I try to do regularly is strength training because I mm-hmm. just, it's good for us as we age. It's good for a lot of reasons. And no matter how much I do it, I can't say 
that I enjoy it particularly. There's other types of exercises I do enjoy, but mm -hmm. I know that it's good for me. And so it's the same thing. It's self-care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you are so right. Self-care does often involve a little bit of tough love, making yourself do the thing that you don't maybe want to do in the moment, but you know, it's the right thing to do for you and for future self. And I also think that a way to sort of reframe it too is um, it's boundaries with ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we were just talking about setting boundaries with other people to protect our energy. This mm -hmm. is setting a boundary with that primal version of our brain mm -hmm. that just wants to, to do the other things. And it's a boundary. Yeah. Yeah. And to be able to say like, yes, I hear you, but no, that's not the choice I'm going to make. And here's why. One of the things I know that we have talked about is um, the mental fatigue. Um, so along with the emotional fatigue, the mental fatigue. Let's talk about that for a sec. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> they will not uh, be surprised, this audience, to hear you talk about decision fatigue. That is something that we talk about for sure. Uh, so let's go there because it's a big deal. Decision fatigue, I said this to you before, is one of my favorite topics. Mm-hmm. When I started learning about it and my jaw was on the floor, I was fascinated because I was like, that's me. Yeah, that's everyone. <laughs> that's everybody. Yeah. We don't we don't realize that we're making thousands of unconscious decisions every day. You know, mm -hmm. even like the example that really stuck with me is going to the grocery store, you know, mm -hmm. when you're, you, you have the list that you're going to, but every single thing in your peripheral vision that you're walking by is a decision that you're yeah. saying, no, yes. no, 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 yeah. Ooh, look at that. no. Yeah. Um, and so, and it's not even like the frontal part of your brain. That's it's your, it's the back part, right. Of your brain that is inputting all of these things and making the decisions for you, but it's right. doing it all day long. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And it really adds up. I mean, that's the reason yes. that in the morning we start the day and we think about all the things that we're going to accomplish and our to-do list. And by the evening, it's like, let's get Uber Eats. Yeah, I'm over it. I'm over it. Uh-huh. <laughs> because mentally you are over it. Your brain wants to just turn off. You're mm -hmm. done now. Yeah, so how do we, what do you talk about? Uh, what do you talk about for overcoming um, decision fatigue? What are the kind of things that you teach and talk about? My favorite, several things. The one that I like the most is automation. Mm -hmm. You know, where can you make fewer decisions in your life? And that looks very different for different people. Mm -hmm. You know, for some people that can mean, delivery groceries and a cleaning service, but obviously everybody can't do that. So mm -hmm. it might mean auto pay on your bills. It can mean putting out your clothes the night before. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to figure it out in the morning. Mm -hmm. Packing your lunch the night before. Yeah. It can be meal prepping uh -huh. you know, so that you, and I love to do ingredient prepping because sometimes meal prepping feels like a real chore. I, I do it, but saying, okay, I'm just going to roast a whole bunch of vegetables and some tofu, mm -hmm. you know, then I just throw it together in the middle of the day for lunch instead of having to go, what am I going to make? Yeah. It's standing so, in front of the fridge, staring at it all the day. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because uh, every time and every time that we think about whether 
we should do something or we should do something. We're putting something off that that really fatigues our brain. So working on reducing overthinking and mm-hmm. fear of making a mistake. Mm-hmm. Those are mm-hmm. all decisions. Yeah. That's a real big well, one. and think about all of the things that we wouldn't traditionally think of as decisions. So like just the running circle of thoughts in your brain, right? All Mm -hmm. of that is causing decision fatigue too, because you're constantly, oh, well, you were having this conversation in your head in the shower, what you wish you would have said to this person and what you're going to say to your boss tomorrow when you call them and how this is going to go and how that's going to, right? We are constantly running these circles in our head. All of that leads to decision fatigue. Yes. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. I'm exhausted just saying all this. (laughs) <laughs> Me too. I'm thinking about how much I'm spinning stuff all the time, you know, uh-huh. no, matter, no matter how much I work on this stuff, my brain is just very active. Yeah. Do you teach any specific things to shut down the brain to like calm it down or like your go-to stuff? I like a lot of the the classic stuff like like meditation. One of the weird things I've been doing lately is I whenever I'm driving somewhere, I I turn off the music or the radio or whatever I might mm. normally listen to. So I can just focus on what I'm looking at. Cause in the car, we go into autopilot and mm-hmm. we don't even notice that we're like, how did I get here? You know, mm-hmm. it just sort of like all this time passes. So I find that when you're in the car, that's a really good time to practice mindfulness and being present. The other thing that I've been working on for, um, I've been working with a somatic therapist for a couple of years now. Um, and I, this is actually something I would love to get some training in at some point, because it's fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. I ended up, I ended up working with this, this woman on a, on a whim. One of my friends told me about her and I was like, that sounds interesting. I'll try it. And instead of being talk therapy, which is what we're all used to, it is almost body therapy. Mm-hmm. It's talking a little bit about the, at the beginning about what's going on with you and then noticing how it feels in your body, sitting with it, watching how it shifts and changes, checking in with your thoughts, going back into your body. So it's kind of like this active meditation. And when I do a session with her, I'm doing it for 50 minutes. And if I'm by myself, I'm not going to do it for 50 minutes, but I might set a timer sometimes on my phone for three minutes mm-hmm. and just check in just know what's the tension, yeah. what's the, what's the color, what's the, you know, and mm-hmm. I find that's a really good way to get out of my head. Long you know, story. I long. didn't actually, I don't think I knew that somatotherapy was a thing, but that is what we teach here is how to feel your feelings. That's how you feel your feelings because your feelings end up in your body. And if you, if you are having trouble analyzing them or thinking about them consciously, going to your body to find them and seeing what it feels like physically Mm -hmm. is so useful. But just like you just said, you have to be able to get quiet enough to do that. And that's a challenge. Yeah. (laughs) You know, when I'm in the middle of doing stuff and I feel myself getting really tense or whatever, it 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 can be hard to pause and do that. But that's another perfect example of self-care. Yeah. Self-care, getting quiet enough to check in. And somatic, it's also called somatic experiencing. Um 
And I, this is exactly what, what it sounds like you're talking about with feeling your feelings. If you don't notice your physical feelings, they stay. Yeah. It's like pushing a beach ball underwater. Eventually mm-hmm. it's going to explode. But if you sit with it and sort of let it boil up, it kind of, it kind of, it's like you have a balloon and you're slowly spitting air out of it and you're mm-hmm. slowly inflating it. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, it will release some of that pent up energy that creates fatigue. Yes. Okay. I'm so glad you said that because that's such an important part that pent up anything pent up emotion in general is going to cause that emotional, what feels like physical fatigue, but was actually emotional fatigue. It's all related. (laughs) It's all related. That's why I love that. We always talk about mind body because you really can't separate the two. They are always working together. It's fascinating. It's fascinating to notice how we're all in these cycles because all these different things call cause fatigue and then fatigue causes all these other things that cause fatigue mm-hmm. and it's a cycle and you can break it, but you, there has to be awareness. Yeah. That's probably step one, right? Just awareness that there is a problem. <laughs> this is not working for you. Um, what else would you, what would be another way to deal with just fatigue in general? What's kind of the, one of the things that you would tell people to do? One of the things that I like to tell people to do is focusing on the basics, which is really annoying. You know, we all know that we feel better if we get more sleep and we drink mm-hmm. more water and we exercise and we eat good food. But the <laughs> our audience that- is laughing right now, by the way, because I'm like a broken record with those things. Yep, yeah, go on. <laughs> Please tell them. No, it's reinforcement I- for what I tell them. <laughs> you know, everyone's like, I know, I know. The, the reframe that I like around it that does seem to resonate with people mm-hmm. a little more is instead of thinking it, thinking of them as these annoying things that we know we should do, but we don't feel like doing. Think of them in terms of what generates energy and what drains energy, Mm -hmm. because most of those things will generate energy. And if you desperately want your fatigue to go away, how badly do you want your fatigue to go away? And Uh if you think about it as like, oh, this is this annoying thing that I should do, you're not going to want to do the thing. But if you're, if your focus is on, I want to feel better, I want more energy, then maybe you're going to be more likely to go for that walk or love that. that thing of water. Cause yeah. we tend, when we're fatigued, we tend to do things that drain our energy. You know, that's when we want the sugary treats or we want to stare at social media or mm-hmm. sit on the couch and those further fatigue us. Mm, that was put so perfectly. I love that. That was great. Thank you for that. To be Thank able you. to see it, not as an annoying thing that you have to do, uh, but as the things that are going to create the energy that are going to get you out of the hole that you're in. Right. It's really about how you perceive the situation. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like a classic coaching. Always, right. <laughs> uh-huh. I love that. That's so great. I love a good reframe, man. <laughs> That's perfect. Me too. And so, yes, the basics are as usual, right? Drink your water, get your sleep, move your body, eat good food. And manage stress. And manage stress. That's the other big one. Uh-huh. You know, it, it's another thing in the moment that feels annoying. Like, yes, I know. 
<laughs> I know <laughs> that I'm stressed and I know I'm anxious, but that's mm-hmm. just how it is. And it's really easy in the moments that, especially that we're feeling stressed to sort of blame everyone else yeah, and our situations. circumstances mm-hmm. and giving away our control and mm-hmm. disempowering ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, And I think people should know too, that don't misunderstand, like, even though the, even though we're the coaches, right. We still in the moment might have the reaction of like, Ugh, I don't want to, <laughs> right? We, we've just gotten really good at overcoming that initial reaction so that we go do the thing. It's not going to say that that first reaction of not wanting to do, it's ever going to go away entirely, but you'll get really good at ignoring that and just doing it anyway. I think yes. And I think that one of the things I, I like to say to people is I'm really good at coaching other people <laughs> and it's really hard to coach myself a lot of the time. So oh, I'm so always much harder. Have a coach. you <laughs> uh-huh. know, I will catch myself doing the things that I'm trying to help other people not do because that's we're humans yep. and that's, mm-hmm. that's just natural. Yeah. No one's ever perfect. We're never going to get this totally down, but if you can get it down most of the time you're winning. Absolutely. And raising awareness is sort of that huge number one step because I wouldn't even notice that I wasn't showing up the way I want to show up if Mm -hmm. I didn't have that initial awareness. Mm -hmm. So I think even when I don't show up the way that I want to show up, seeing what happened afterwards and sort of acknowledging it and accepting it and forgiving it and moving on gives me the opportunity to learn, to grow, to make a different choice next time. Perfectly put because you took that whole guilt shame piece right out of the window, right out. We don't need it. It's not serving you. Mm -mm. Yeah. So, cause what I heard you say is that instead of the guilt shame of like, why am I like this? I did it again. Whoa. Instead, you say, oh, there she is again, but we're going to choose something else. And I'm going to forgive myself for making that choice. I'm going to make better choices now. Everything's an opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Couldn't agree there's more. There's no failure. You, there's lessons. Yep. You know? There's either lessons or growth or both. <laughs> yep. I totally agree. I love that. Okay. So in terms of fatigue, we talked about making sure you're getting the energy creating basics. Mm-hmm. And we talked about creating awareness for yourself of the things that might be draining the social situations, the emotional situ- situations, the circular running thoughts in your head, being able that to, sounds right. yeah, being <laughs> able to see things a little bit differently. That's all really mindset shifting work because mm-hmm. that is stress management. And so, you know, when we were going through those basics, mm-hmm. the, the most complex one in, in a way is, is managing stress and managing yeah. stress really comes down to reframes and mindset shifting. Yeah, I agree. That is, it has to be the first step because you won't do anything unless you do that first. Right. If you had a one tip for helping, we always talk about here trying to be your own self-coach, right? How to self-coach. If you had a tip for someone to do that, to be a better reframer, to be a better noticer of the things that are going on that might be fatiguing them, what, what, kind of advice would you give for that? I think the biggest one, and there's so many different directions to go in there, but the the biggest one is to look at situations from a place of curiosity instead mm-hmm. of judgment. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know, we tend to be our own worst critics. We talk to ourselves in a way that we would never talk to our friends. Uh-huh. And you can sort of step outside your situation and go, why am I feeling this way? Why did I do that thing I said I wasn't going to do? But not why in an accusatory way, just in a real Not curious- why am I like this? <laughs> why? Like, <laughs> what was going on? What was going on there? Uh-huh. You know, what do you, what do I need right now? What's, what's coming up for me? What's it, it you know, being very loving and neutral about it mm-hmm. and getting, getting the, you know, being aware of the all or nothing thinking yeah. that, you know, I did something bad. I never do what I say I'm going to do. Like just sort yes. of yeah. taking that out of the equation because that's not yeah. helping. And so, so good. Yeah. And it really yeah, helps with in, in relationship dynamics as well. And that's certainly a cause of stress for a lot of people. You know, be curious. We're we're so judgy about other people, you know, and other situations. And, mm-hmm. and you know, pulling back for a second, pushing the pause button and going, what might they be thinking right yeah. now? What might their perspective be? you know, practicing that on other people can actually be really beneficial because it helps you practice it on yourself at the same time. Great idea. Practice it. Yep. And your relationship improves in the process. Win-win. That's a great idea. I know that there are some women who listened who were like, I heard that in just the way I needed to hear that today. Um, And that is one thing that I just love about doing this podcast. And I love bringing people like you on here. Sometimes you just need to hear the thing in the way that resonates with you right then. And I know that happened today for some women. Where can they get a hold of you? If they want to hear more from you, they want to learn more from you, what should they do? You, uh, anybody out there who wants to learn more can find me at themindbodycircle.com or on instagram.com slash themindbodycircle. Okay. Mind body circle. And we will have all those links for you guys as well. And I know one thing that Jennifer does um, sometimes is actually teach a class on fatigue. So make sure that you connect with her. Do you have like a newsletter or a email that they could get on? I have an email list that uh, you can find at the bottom of my website and there, there will be newsletters soon. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, So if you want to hear more from her and just keep updated on what she's got coming out and going on, then make sure to head to themindbodycircle.com. Get on that list and get a hold of her and reach out. I love talking to other coaches. I love bringing coaches on here. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and experience with us. So helpful. Just so helpful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. This is such a fun conversation to have. I I think a lot of my friends and family get tired of me blathering <laughs> on about it. So it's really exciting to talk to someone else who's excited about Who it. Who speaks the same language, right? <laughs> well, we're definitely going to do this again. <laughs> All right, Jennifer, thank you so much until we talk again. Thank you so much. So much for being here. If you found value in today's episode, will you do me a favor and head over to iTunes, find the No Nonsense Wellness Podcast, and subscribe and leave me a review. It would mean the world to me, and it helps other people find the show. And I'd love to connect with you more, so find me on Instagram. I'm at Tara Fallman. 
T-A-R-A-F-A-U-L-M-A-N-N. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it in your stories and tag me. I'll see you over there.